Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is right over there, former South Carolina governor former U.N. ambassador, worked under Trump, Nikki Haley, officially, she's made it official. We speculated about this a couple of weeks ago, Hammer, but it is official. She is running for president. Republicans have lost the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That has to change. Joe Biden's record is abysmal, but that shouldn't come as a surprise. The Washington establishment has failed us over and over and over again. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility, secure our border, and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. I like the new generation of leadership bit. That's going to be the mantra, I believe, of her campaign. It was a three-minute video that she put out on her social media, and it's clearly going after the never-Trump Republican. Because why else would you mention the popular vote? The popular vote is irrelevant. The popular vote does not matter unless you're one of these folks on the left or a never-Trumper, and then it's a big deal. All you have to do is win Georgia, win Pennsylvania, and keep the states you have, and your toes are tapping. The popular vote is irrelevant. That was a straight-up message to the never-Trumpers. Now, in this video, she goes on and on, and it's fine. It's a fine video, but I'm old enough to remember when she said if Donald Trump was going to run, she didn't want any part of the election. I would not run if President Trump ran. (laughs) So what's changed here, Nige? <laughs> uh, she lied to Donald Trump. Is she lying to us, too? Like, I've seen that tweet a million times, right? Everybody's saying that. Politicians lie. Shocker. Breaking news. I mean, it's just like coaches in football. No, I'm not interviewing for the the Alabama head coach gig. No, the next day. Matt Ryan's our quarterback. He is going to stay our starting quarterback. Hey, why is all of a sudden Sam Ellinger warming up? Well, I think the question is, could Nikki Haley compete on a national level? I mean, she really hasn't been up to much over the past few years, has she? Can I answer that question? Can I raise my hand? No. No, she can't. Let me ask you this. Who do you think has a better chance of being the Republican nominee? Barbara Hershey or Nikki Haley? Because I'm not going to lie. I watched Hoosiers the other night, and my money's on Babs. Babs? Nikki Haley has no chance. We know this Republican race is down to two names and two names only. It doesn't matter who gets in. It doesn't matter who decides to jump in late. It's about Donald Trump and when and if he's ready, Ron DeSantis. That's it. Everybody else is just white noise at this point. So why is Nikki Haley running? Do you think she's trying to pull a Pete Buttigieg and hitch her wagon to whoever the nominee is for another seat in the cabinet? Vice president, possibly. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, look, she, she, she's never lost an election. Um, she's she was a member of the Trump administration and promoted his first his America First agenda pretty well. 
and she checks off some identity boxes. She's a woman of color, Indian heritage, and first female, first female governor of South Carolina. But you're right. I don't think I, I'm not sure how much she resonates or how relevant she is. Plus, she's she's kind of she comes off to me as globalist ish, establishment ish. Right. So yeah, I think it might be the the Pete Buttigieg route for her. Yeah, uh, uh, somewhere in the cabinet with the next uh, Republican president, if and when that happens. And again, one of the names that keeps getting brought up is Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis. He's got all the leverage here. He is in no hurry to announce his candidacy. He can wait till the very last minute and then swoop in and do his thing. But he had a speech earlier today. I think it was in Jacksonville. And he took some questions at the end of his speech, and somebody asked him, hey, since Nikki Haley has announced, what about you? Mm. Nikki Haley announced her presidential run today. Do you plan on following suit? <laughs> Wouldn't you like to know? <laughs> and that's all he said. He took the next question. It wasn't a no. Exactly. That's what I took from that. It wasn't a no. It wasn't a, I'm focused on the job at hand. I'm here for Florida first. Rabble, rabble, rabble. He just laughed it off and didn't say no. Joe Biden has announced he's going to sell, 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 sell 26 million barrels more yeah. from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. We're really doing this again? We're doing it again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, he's, he's, he's trying to get ahead of uh, the summer. I guess he'd rather take the hit from talk show hosts today than... Than the consumers and voters this summer with you know four or five dollar a gallon of gas. But know? this reserve it's, is it's, pretty damn low. It's a yeah, it's a forty year low. Hadn't been this low in forty years, and it's a political decision. It's it doesn't it doesn't have anything to do with national security. And I, I actually think there's some. I don't want to get into the weeds here. There's some law on the books that says that he has to do this. That 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 was an enact, enacted under Obama. I don't, I, I'm not sure. I, I understand it completely. But but anyway, either way, shape or form, now he's gonna. But that law is gonna allow him to throw his hands up and say, "Look, this is something we have to do." It's but Congress needs to get their act together and pass laws making sure this can't happen again. But any other time there was something Joe Biden didn't like, he'd be real quick to pass some sort of executive order like he did on day one of being the president to get rid of, oh, I don't know, Keystone Pipeline, building the wall, things happening at the border, anything that would actually help this country with some of the problems we're seeing right now. He was real quick for an executive order. But here, he's kind of just throwing up his hands. What can you do? Uh, the Colts have a new head coach. You heard about this in the news earlier. They're hiring the offensive coordinator from the Philadelphia Eagles. His name is Shane Steichen. Cool. Here he is speaking today to the local media. Our culture is going to be built on four pillars, and one's going to be character. Character is very important to me. We want to treat people with respect. And we want to feed the positive and weed out the negative. And number two is the preparation. I truly believe this. The separation in this league is in the preparation. How we prepare as a football team and an organization Monday through Saturday will ultimately dictate the outcome of a football game. Now, is it going to guarantee us a victory? No, but it's going to give us a fighting chance. I promise you that. And number three is consistency. we got to be consistent, and it starts with us as coaches, being consistent with our message to the players and telling them exactly how we want it to look and how we want it to be done. And number four is relentless we got to be relentless in our pursuit to be the best. The best players, the best coaches I've been around are obsessed with their craft, and that's what we want to build here, and that's what we want to get done.
Sounds like the kind of guy to get in your crawl a little bit if you weren't performing the way he wanted you to. I think that's what this team needs. Yeah. Somebody with a little fire. Somebody to say, hey, Quentin Nelson, I know you make a lot of money here, but get your bleep in gear. And this I is like a, that. And he's a co- he's coach to the Super Bowl. Yes. A very high-powered, aggressive offense. It wasn't the Philly offense that lost that Super sure. Bowl. It wasn't the offense at all. Now, I posted a picture of this guy on our Twitter, at Hammer and Nigel. I challenge you, look at that photo of the new Colts head coach and tell me that's not Dak Shepard. That looks just like actor Dax Shepard to a T. It's like he's playing a role <laughs> in a football movie. A little bit, yeah. I can see it. I got you. So if we ever play the Steelers again, you're going to have Dax Shepard and Omar Epps on the sideline. It's going to look like a bad Lifetime movie of something that happens in the NFL. Most underrated Dax Shepard movie in the history of uh, movies is Let's Go to Prison (laughs) with Will Arnett. Such a funny movie. A lot of people give Dax Shepard a hard time uh, and make fun of his comedy in his movies, but Let's Go to Prison is hilarious. Toilet wine. That's all. I'll just say those are the words. Toilet wine. So when you get a new head coach, that means the old one is no longer there. Jeff Saturday had been the interim coach for the Indianapolis Colts. He put out a video. Now I'm going to play this for you. It's about a minute 20, but I think it warrants the entire length here. Because he brings up a certain petition that was going around about him. This is Jeff Saturday's response. He was out on a lake, like doing some fishing, to the new Colts hire. Hey, first I just want to say uh, to the Colts organization and Colts Nation how much I appreciate the opportunity. I'm so grateful uh, for the last eight weeks of the season and the opportunity to represent you guys. I appreciate the coaches for all your time, energy, and effort to all the players uh, laying it out there each and every week. I can't tell you how much I respect and appreciate what each and every player, not only for the Colts, but the NFL do uh, and and what they they put on the line each and every week. But it was an absolute blessing. Uh, I, I look fondly upon it wish we would have done better but uh ultimately (laughs) that that is where it is and so uh, i want to wish coach dyken the best of luck i'm still a huge colt fan and pulling for you guys looking forward to uh hoisting some lombardi trophies and excited for your opportunity so uh for everybody out there including the however many thousand that signed a petition which may have included my wife and son not exactly sure (laughs) but in in all honesty i'm so grateful for uh colts nation and who you are uh to represent present the horseshoe it meant the world to me and uh again coach dyken best of luck to you and your family in indianapolis is an incredible town best fans in the world man you're gonna get the greatest support and uh, look forward to watching your success and the rest of the men in that locker room and the coaching staff that you have with you so to all coach Na- colts nation appreciate you guys love you guys and uh see you soon now, you know, the petition he's talking about was that one that made its way around Jim Irsay, do not hire Jeff yeah. Saturday as yeah. the head coach. And he said his wife and son <laughs> signed it. That's pretty funny. Hammer and Nigel. Roses are red, violets are blue, rhyming is dumb. Happy Valentine's Day. And if you're scrambling for a last-minute Valentine's Day gift idea, how about downloading uh, some very special Hammer and Nigel? exclusive Valentine's Day cards. We've got them posted on our Facebook, Twitter, and at WIBC.com. They may or may not involve some of your favorite uh, political celebrities. Now, 
Speaking of cards, this is a popular day for the Hallmark Company. Yes. They sell a lot of Valentine's Day cards today, but not all of them make their way to the store. We've been able to obtain some of the Hallmark cards that were actually rejected. Every year here at Hallmark, we're forced to reject thousands of less than quality Valentine's Day cards. This Valentine's Day, please try to ignore the sign that says Predator taped to my door. Some simply <laughs> don't meet the high standards of a quality greeting card company. I wanted to share the love we both found, so please don't think I'm a jerk. But I took your panties and passed them around to all of my friends at work. But now, for a limited time only, you can purchase these factory second greeting cards for up to 50% off. When we're making love, it's really quite nice. I guess because you're charging me one half the price. <laughs> this year, we're giving you the best Valentine's Day gift of all. A huge savings right here. I think I love you mostly because I secretly sleep with your sister. <laughs> I really can't tell you which one it was, but one of you gave me a blister. Oh, come on. Come on. I can see why those cards were rejected. Now, are you doing something special? You and the uh, the daughter are going out tonight. Uh, my wife. Yeah, me and the kids. And, and Lindsay had some stuff out for the kids this morning. You know, like. Because you still my, have youngsters. Yeah, I get it. My daughter, Harper, she's my Valentine. Connor's. He, he doesn't want anything to do with anything. He's of a it. dude. He's like all yeah. of us. He doesn't care. He but, doesn't but care. She had some stuff laid out, some candy and some, you know, things like that. That's really, you know, a card. I got Harper some flowers and a, and a card and a little teddy bear. And yeah, we're going out to dinner tonight. Nice place uh, in Zionsville. The real truth is when you've been married as long as, like, myself and you know even big nige here valentine's day loses a little bit of its luster because life gets in the way you got things to do like both of our kids have activities tonight so valentine's day is gonna have to wait but if you're one of those super romantics that feels like you have to do something you got a couple options i know a lot of people like to buy stars and then name a star after somebody have you heard about that you mean in the sky? Yeah. You can go to the star oh, registry. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you can buy a star and name it after somebody. But we thought, you know what? It's 2023. Technically, we're still under COVID, you know, sanctions from Joe Biden. Oh, no. Not until yeah. May does everything get repealed back. So here's a little outside the box idea if you haven't gotten anything yet. Imagine the excitement of giving a gift known to all the world. This Valentine's Day, name a COVID variant after <laughs> someone you love. Here, I got you something. <laughs> oh my gosh, my own COVID variant? <laughs> yeah, and it's called Michelle Tacron. That's so cute. And it's clingy, just like you. Oh, well, I hope we get it together. This year, give the Valentine gift that will find its way to her heart and maybe her lungs. The International <laughs> COVID Registry invites you to share your Valentine with the world by naming a COVID variant after someone you love. Tell the universe that yours is a love there is no cure for. <laughs> now, Allison, you've been our producer for about a week. Be honest with us, because we share our lives with everybody. If somebody named a COVID variant after you as a gift, 
Those undies are coming off, aren't they? Oh, my gosh. I would laugh so hard. That is a great gift. I'm telling you. What an honor. Uh, I'd rather have... Flowers a- die, but variants are yeah. forever. <laughs> I'd rather have a COVID variant named after me than I would a star, for sure. Right. I'm telling you. Um, so, happy Valentine's Day for those that celebrate it. And if you think it's a ridiculous holiday, then crack open a beer. I've already got one open here in the studio. But let's do a round of great moments in Valentine's Day history, shall we? Oh. Um, this was a story we had a couple of years ago when this guy thought he had ordered tulips for his wife, and he got turnips instead. No. The first thing, I didn't know how to react. It was like, <laughs> oh, really? Of course, I just had my first cup of coffee, and then it dawned on me that he, I didn't think he was really paying attention when he said, yes, I heard you. <laughs> well, the first thing popped in my mind was, uh, I thought you said turnips. No, I said tulips, and I was like, uh, but when you went, we was going to bed, I misunderstood you, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I really did a blue-boo on that one. We're going to let her cook them. I went out and got the tulips and the balloon to make it up for what I did to Boo Boo. Yeah, everything's fine now. He tried really hard, so everything's good to go. Yes, I bought the bucket to put the turnips in. I thought I did good. So he gets 12 turnips instead of tulips. So it wasn't a question of, you know, they delivered the wrong thing or something went wrong with an online order that he, you know, he he made... he made an order for flowers and then some, something else came. He actually thought when he asked his wife what you want for Valentine's Day, he actually thought she said turnips. Because <laughs> at first I thought this was the thing where they delivered the wrong thing or somebody right. made a mistake at the store or something. No, He's listen to that guy and I think you can tell where the mistake was made. Great moments in Valentine's Day history. <laughs> it was one year ago on this date. I actually tried to be romantic, and I called my wife, Crystal Hammer, oh. live on this show. And what I want to do right now is go to the drivehubler.com hotline and bring on my better half, my wife, Crystal Hammer. Oh, uh, hey, Crystal. Crystal, I just want to say that in these crazy times where everybody is so angry and you're not sure what's going to happen from one night to the next, I just wanted to take this time out and tell you that I love you. Are you serious? This is why you called me. <laughs> this is why I called you. I love you. Shut up, fat ass. God, I hate you. <laughs> hang up. I feel like we got a lot accomplished there. <laughs> you poor thing. And lastly, great moments in Valentine's Day history, back when Ari was our producer. Long before there was Allison, long before TKW, we had Ari. We sent him out to Broad Ripple with our official portrait from WIBC, asking chicks in Broad Ripple what they would think if we asked to be their Valentine. If these two guys showed up to be your Valentine's Day date, what would your reaction be? What the hell? If these two guys, it's Valentine's Day, showed up at your door and said, we're taking you out for Valentine's Day, what would your reaction be? I'd be surprised. So would you go on a date with them or no? Uh, probably not. Why, why not? What's what? What do you not like about them? No, I just think uh, they're a bit older. They could be my dad. <laughs> so I mean, it's, hey. it's the age that's it's doing it for you. It's it, the, what about the faces? On a scale of one to ten, like just <laughs> their faces, is it like are they like meh? Or are they like oh, they're not bad? Meh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man.
on. If these two guys showed up, just knocked on your door, and these were the two guys waiting for you, what would your what would your reaction be? Probably walk away. <laughs> you got a knock on your door. Your Valentine's Day date showed up, and it's it's these two guys. What would your reaction? Be? Um, probably just sure. I don't, I don't know. Sure. So you'd go on a date with them? Yeah. Hey. Wow. I might as well. <laughs> what good qualities do you see? They. I don't know. I like the flannel. You know, they look like they have it together. Chicks dig the flannel nine. Wow. <laughs> we got ourselves a ball game. All right. One out of 15 ain't bad. We still got it. I think we still got it. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIPC. It was last night, Hammers watched TV, and reports started coming in about a uh, possible active shooter situation uh, at Michigan State University. That indeed was the case. Three dead, five injured, and the gunman, a 43-year-old man, we're not going to say his name, he was not affiliated with Michigan State University. He killed himself after a confrontation with police. The suspect was arrested back in 2019 for carrying a concealed pistol without a permit. He would then plead guilty to a misdemeanor and prosecutors dismissed the initial felony charge that would have made it illegal for him to have the gun. And it was a handgun that he used in his killing at Michigan State University last night. Now... We're also hearing reports that he had a note in his pocket indicating a threat to two other schools in New Jersey. And again, as the police started to close in on him, uh, he shot himself. He fired shots inside of Berkeley Hall on the campus of Michigan State University and Union, which is a popular place for students to eat and study and hang out. This was around 8.30 p.m. last night. It led to a full campus lockdown. There was a manhunt that went on for about three hours. Michigan State has canceled all activities, including the Big Ten basketball game tomorrow that the Spartans were supposed to play. The initial shots fired call came in. This is the audio from the 911 dispatchers. MSU units, I got a shot fired complaint at Berkey Hall, 509 East Circle. 509 East Circle, multiple callers calling it in right now. Uh, 636, 653 units, if to respond. 653 now. County units, be advised, MSU is responding to a shots fired in the hallway of Berkey Hall. Need units prioritize. There was one student that spoke to a local TV station in Lansing, Michigan, that was in a classroom when the shooter barged in. Yeah, I was in um, Berkey Hall um, for my IH class about Cuban history. Um, the class went from 7 to 8.50, and at about 8.15, um, heard a gunshot go off right outside of our classroom door. Um, I was sitting 
basically in the seat right in front of the door and thank thank god that my fight or flight response kicked in because right after that first shot i booked it to the far corner of the class and uh right when i got there that's when he came in and let off three or four more shots as a parent who's got a high school senior right now who's going to be going to college next year these are the things that you worry about. Can you imagine what these parents of Michigan State students were going through no. for this period of three hours last no, night? No, not at all. Don't even want to think about it. Couldn't just even a, imagine. Just a horrific scene. And I was watching a lot of the live cams and feeds in real time last night. You know, seeing college kids running for their lives and police fleeing to the scene. Now, it did sound like police got there fairly quickly and ultimately... They knew where the shooter was at. The shooter took his life. But, again, this was just a scary situation from a guy who probably should not have been eligible to have his firearm. It's a mental health situation. Plus, you know, don't forget about the fact that Michigan State, I'm sure, is a, even if you have a concealed carry permit, is a gun-free zone. You're not allowed to have, um, you know, if, if, if more people were carrying, who knows what would have happened, how this could have changed. And I think a lot of people responding, I mean, the response to this from some some of the elected leaders in Michigan is pretty telling, too. So this high-ranking Democrats from the uh, State House in Michigan put out the usual F your thoughts and prayers wow. post. You're wow. always going to find these people. These are the people that want the attention onto themselves. F your thoughts and prayers. Listen, I'm somebody that believes in faith. I'm somebody that believes in thoughts and prayers. And if you want to wish that upon somebody, fine. But don't be F your thoughts and prayers guy, okay? What could have been done to limit what happened at Michigan State? What could have been done? Because, Nigel, you're right. This is a college campus, so for the most part, it's a gun-free zone. These classrooms are supposed to be fairly difficult to get into, and it was the Michigan State House and the Michigan prosecutor that went light on this guy back in 2019 that allowed him to still have a firearm. So stop with your F your thoughts and prayers. It's yeah, so disgusting. Like, like those people have an agenda. Um, anybody that says after thoughts and prayers, don't, don't, and, and, and like their thoughts and prayers aren't enough. Nobody's saying it's enough. Nobody's saying uh, your thoughts and prayers aren't enough. Nobody's it's 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 offering condolences and being respectful. And by the way, we need more prayers. Quite frankly, not less. Right. Nobody's saying so, thoughts and prayers are the answer. Yes. Right. It's a it's, it's show of respect to some people who are going through horrific things that most of us will never go through in their lives. And to make this about yeah. you, because that's what it's all about. It's all about. Look at me. Look at my political agenda. F your thoughts and prayers. Go sit in the corner, spin around and go satisfy yourself with a fork. That's ridiculous. Um, Mike Pence. Remember last week we had the story that he was going to get the subpoena by what's left of the January 6th investigation. Well, it turns out our midday guy may be growing a sack on him here. He's going to fight the subpoena. Mm. His team is saying, 
yeah, this whole subpoena thing, this is ridiculous. We're going to fight this. The special counsel wants to talk to me. I had nothing to do with anything that happened on January 6th. Hell, the people that went there view me as the bad guy. Right. They were going after him. So why they would they to, go he, after Mike Benson? He and his wife and his daughter had to go to his secure location. He didn't have anything to worry about. He didn't do anything wrong, except, I mean, there were some people, you know, hardcore Trump supporters that say he shouldn't have certified the the election, the, um, the Electoral College. But that has nothing to do with the uh, Capitol building breach. Right, right, right. I, I'm saying all. that. That's, but, but that's the mindset of those people. All this is is them trying to continue the investigation to keep it in the news cycle. Because as long as they have January 6th, they can spin that and own the news cycle so you don't look at all of the failures that they've got going on around this country, from what's happening in our skies to what's happening at the border to what's happening in Ohio. This toxic chemical explosion from this derailed train is a major story that the mainstream media is sweeping under the rug. Where are all these climate activists now? Where's Greta Thunberg? Where's Frankencarry? Where's Al Gore? Where are all these people who've been talking for years about this is what we've got to do to save our planet? Guess what? This is your chance. We've got poisoned water. We've got animals dying. We've got people coughing. This is your chance to be heroes here, but they're nowhere to be found It doesn't right look now. like the controlled burn of this derailment in East Palestine worked. No. Where people are getting sick. And by the way, another derailment in Houston, Texas with hazardous materials we got to be keeping an eye on. Authorities have found traces of toxic chemicals in the Ohio River down by Cincinnati. Cincinnati? We've all driven over that thing a million times before. Now, for the record, Cincinnati is 240 miles southwest of East Palestine, and they're getting traces of these toxins in the water there. Now, why is that important? Because the Ohio River supplies 10% of the United States drinking water. Over 30 million people are affected if this river is indeed tainted. Friend of our show and Ohio Senator J.D. Vance spoke about this last night. I think that the entire country, the media complex, the leaders of this country have decided to disregard the people of East Palestine. If you look at the way that this yeah. story has been covered, if it's been covered at all, it's about how, you know, there are, there are poor people in East Palestine who have been victimized by this disaster. Well, of course, that's true. But you want journalists asking tough questions about what's going on. You want to know, for example, what level of vinyl chloride is actually acceptable in the water? I've been trying to get an answer to that question for days. I haven't been able to get an answer to it. Why is vinyl chloride being or showing up in the Ohio River in West Virginia and Cincinnati, mm. hundreds of miles away from where this accident took place? There are a lot of questions, and we don't, unfortunately, have a media that's actually interested in asking those questions and answering them. I was told the Biden administration was going to be transparent, but we don't know what we're shooting out of the skies. We don't know what's in the river. This would be a great time for them to start being transparent. Hammer and Nigel. What about Huh? Happy Valentine's Day. I just want to let you know you got to change your mind. Nigel, name this artist. No. Allison, you got anything? Oh, come on. Bell Bib DeVoe. You're close. Marvin. 
Gay? No. Johnny Gill. Jo- oh, we were so close. Oh, he was in New Edition with Bell Biff DeVoe. Nige was close, but that was Johnny Gill. Man, so it's not all about love today, though. I mean, it is Valentine's Day, but on this date in 1929, that was 94 years ago, Hammer, the St. Valentine's Day massacre went down. Oh. Lobster uh, Al Capone and his hitman two of whom were dressed in police uniforms, walked into this Chicago garage owned by a a rival gang and lined up several of Bugs Moran's thugs and... uh, Gunned him down, basically. Yeah, they put him up against the brick wall and bye-bye. Now, is this the same brick wall that Al Capone... Uh, allegedly put his vaults into where Geraldo Rivera tried to find. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> and then didn't find a damn thing. He found like a half-eaten ham sandwich or something like that. Like a beer bottle. <laughs> I remember watching that as a kid. This was a big oh, hyped too. up it deal. It was live. Al Capone's vaults. And they brought in like this bulldozer or whatever it was and they didn't find a damn thing. More disappointing, Al Capone's vault or Rachel Maddow with uh, Trump's taxes. <laughs> she got she got raked over the coals by everybody in that one, including left-leaning media outlets, right, and and late-night talk show hosts, because that turned out. I mean, you thought she had a box full of his tax returns. It turned out to be like a ten forty from ninety two, <laughs> like the final page of a ten forty yeah. that doesn't even have his name yeah. on it or something. <laughs> um, also, on this date, fifty six years ago, nineteen sixty seven, Aretha Franklin recorded her signature song oh. "Respect." Cool. Now, if you remember, a couple years ago, after she had passed away. Al Sharpton went on MSNBC and was trying to tie in an Aretha Franklin respect reference, but it sounds like the Reverend doesn't know how to spell. So in the words of my late friend Aretha Franklin, show some (laughs) R-E-S-P-I-C-T. I'm sorry, how do you spell that again? R-E-S-P-I-C-T there, Reverend. (laughs) So here's what we've done. We've taken the spelling of Al Sharpton with the music of Aretha to put a big bow on this great date on the American calendar. R-E-S-P-I-C-T. 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 It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. We'll check in with Joe Biden next. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it. Oh, baby. We have got an inflation report to talk to you about. So let's not waste any more time. Let's check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe Biden. I got hairy legs. I lost my Johnson. (laughs) We're on track to cut First Lady in half. Now, this isn't just inflation. This is Bidenflation. So if we're going to do this, I'm going to need a little mood music here. Oh, here we go. You know, wasn't it? I swear it was a week ago, Hammer. Like tonight, a week ago. Quote, uh, here at home, inflation is coming down. 
It's fallen every month for the last six months. <laughs> Take-home pay is going up. <laughs> and then a week later, the week later today, the consumer price index shows a 0.5 increase in January, uh, with year-on-year inflation up to six. It's not just inflation, it's Bidenflation. And just like Hulk Hogan's music used to hit back in the 80s and 90s, Bidenflation is running wild, brother. (laughs) It's running wild. Up 6.4 year over year. That's higher than expected. These are the numbers that came out today. This is how Fox Business broke the news earlier today. Headline, year-over-year number, hotter than expected, guys, 6.4%. We're going up again. What you gonna do, brother, <laughs> when Bidenflation <laughs> runs wild on you? But, I mean, think about it. How many victory laps has Joe Biden done on inflation? Like, like four or five miles worth of laps. A victory laps on 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 inflation. The point, victory race at this point. Point one percent December. Uh, look, point one percent December compared to point five last month. That's quite a jump. I mean, that is a big jump. Highest since October. Tied for the highest since June. Since last June. And the things that are more expensive, we're talking about things that every family needs. So from today's report. Just from today's report, these are the things up year over year. Fuel and oil up 27.7%. Electricity up almost 12%. Groceries up 11.3%. Chicken and milk both up over 10%. Eggs, are you ready for this? Up 70% year over year. That's come on. Bread up 15%. Potatoes, baby food. Look at this. Airline fares up 25.6%. Rent up 8.6%. This is Joe Biden's economy. Maybe we need another omnibus spending bill. No. Maybe that'll that'll fix it. Sweet mother of God. Maybe we need to send a few uh, more billion to Ukraine. Maybe that'll get it going. Ever since Joe Biden passed that omnibus, it's been 22 straight months, 22 of real wages not keeping up with inflation, which means people are making less money. It's been a pay cut. Real average hourly earnings are down 1.8% year over year, and that's 22 straight months that wages have not been able to keep up with inflation. Now, it's true. I mean, Biden's going to do, you're going to hear the administration say, look, look, year-on-year on, year on CPI inflation, consumer price index, is, is drifting down, downward from last summer. And that's true. But it's it's not because, without getting to the weeds here, it's not because it's leveling off. It's compounding. We're in some sort of circular inflation slump or rut and, and that's compounding inflation. And let's not forget, like you said, the uh, there is an impact that, that inflation has on wages. Average hourly earnings fell 0.2% for the month, down 1.8% from a year ago. Wages are down. And the Biden administration, who when they campaigned, said they were going to be the most transparent administration out there. Remember when Joe Biden was asked if he takes any blame for this inflation? I take any blame for inflation? No. Why not? Because it was already there when I got here, man. It was already there when it got here, man. No, it wasn't. It was at 1.4%. 
the day you held up your hand and you swore on the Bible to become the new president of the United States, the inflation was at 1.4% in this country. This is a mess, and it's affecting all of you. Like, okay, so let's say you don't fly. So the airline fares might not affect you. But I bet the groceries do. I bet the electricity does. I bet the, you know, baby food does if you're having a family. Rent, all of that affects if you people. Can find, if you can find baby food, which if is you still a, somewhat it. of a problem in places. Top Biden economic advisor, Cecilia Rouse. Listen to this. She attempts to put a... Uh, piece of polish on this turd by suggesting that well you know it's not as bad you know joe biden's got a handle on this kind of thing well so inflation is when prices are rising so that we understand that inflation is too high but if we look at inflation uh in january which was overall 6.4 percent that's in contrast to 9.1 percent last june now now <laughs> yeah but and that's what i was talking about early now do compound inflation Explain that to us. So that argument was Biden was worse yeah. last year. I mean, this is what Joe Hogsett does with the crime numbers here in Indianapolis. Yeah. It's the exact same philosophy. Well, it wasn't as bad as last year. It's still pretty damn bad, but it wasn't as bad as last year. Uh, here's more from Cecilia Rouse. So if we look at grocery prices, yes, the, the price of eggs increased, but at a slower rate than they did last month. Slower rate? slower rate it's up 70 percent year to year no one gives a blue rat's rear end if it's down 0.1 percent from last month it's up 70 percent year over year guess what you're 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 saving 10 cents on eggs can't you people see the savings it's going down (laughs) uh it's not just folks like us that are concerned about what's going on this is former obama economist Jason Furman. I look at tips. I look at swaps. They have break-evens of inflation of around 2%. I just don't see that. I don't see how we have inflation much below 3% um, this year. I don't see it coming down uh, below that without a decent-sized recession. Um, I think this inflation issue um, is real. I don't think it's going away anytime soon. And I think anyone who's overly calm about it um, is making me nervous. That's not a former Trump guy. That's not a former Bush guy. That's not a Fox News host. That's Obama's former guy saying, yeah, this is a this is a problem here. Well, you can't. I mean, the numbers are right in front of us here. You can't put lipstick on a pig like this right in front of everybody it's, it's the numbers are right there especially for somebody like him or the guy that uh, dr will that goes on tony's show the numbers speak for themselves but this administration for 18 months they told you nothing to see here all is well it's transitory nobody's concerned about inflation I really doubt that we're going to see an inflationary cycle. Most economic analysts believe that it will have a temporary or transitory impact. The faster than expected increase in some of those prices is actually a good sign. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. Really? No one's talking about this great, great deal. This is something that will uh, settle down. Transitory. (laughs) Transitory. And the data shows that most of the price increases we've seen were expected 
and expected to be temporary. There's nobody suggesting there's unchecked inflation on the way. It's highly unlikely that it's going to be long-term inflation that's going to get out of hand. I don't know anybody who's worried about inflation. (laughs) That's what they told us for 18 months. I don't know anybody concerned about inflation. All right, fine. Uh, We're checking in with Joe Biden, and he's finally starting to address the serious issues that are happening in this country, Nigel. Finally, the shooting down of uh, foreign objects over uh, American airspace, Chinese spying balloons, things like that. Oh, oh, no, no, none of that. Uh, He's talking about Taylor Swift tickets. (laughs) Joe Biden puts out a tweet, quote, we're going to end unfair service fees on tickets to concerts and sporting events and make companies disclose all fees up front. That was an actual tweet that came out from Joe Biden. So you've got people losing money, trains derailing, toxic chemicals going up in the air. Uh, It affects our water. Cattle is dying. Enemy aircraft are patrolling the skies. Violent crime plaguing our cities. But Joe Biden just got a bitchin' deal on Nickelback tickets. (laughs) I'll go with him on that one. I'm a big Nickelback fan. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I will run some stories by you. You break down all of the information and give us a verdict on the story. Is it anything or not? Is this anything? An Italian restaurant named. Nettie's House of Spaghetti Mm, in New Jersey. They're raising some eyebrows because they have officially banned all children under the age of 10. Here are some of the diners weighing in about the rule change. People don't care what their kids do and they just let them run around. I guess they don't want to pay for a babysitter, so they bring them with them. When you have little kids running around, sometimes it's disruptive. Uh, no, I don't think this is anything at all. I mean, it's a restaurant. They can do whoever, you know, they can keep out. They can put age limits. I mean, there's all sorts of different places that have age limits that kids can go into. You can't take a kid to a rated R movie. You can't take a, I mean, if, if kids are ruining the uh, dining experience for a, a quiet um, Italian restaurant that's mainly marketed for uh, adults, then, uh, yeah, put, I mean, whatever. I mean, let the market decide. Do whatever you want in your restaurant. And then, you know, if people get pissed, you might lose some business. This is more kid, of a knock on the parents than it is the kids. Because well, sure, that's a good point. These yeah. parents, and I see this at weddings and things like that, where they just let their kids run wild. Yeah. And they don't pay any Absolutely. attention to them. They use the restaurant as a babysitter. Oh, somebody else will take care of them. They're not going anywhere. Meanwhile, little Johnny son of a bitch is running around and he's making... <laughs> Making noise and he's yelling and he's tripping on things and he's sneezing and he's coughing and 
I get it. I totally do. Like, I don't want to be sitting around, and there's no age limit at, at any of these fancy steakhouses in Indy, like Ruth's or St. Elmo's or anything like that. You can't go sit at the bar. But no, I, that would ruin my uh, dining experience if, uh, if kids were running around Ruth's Chris and I paid $150 a plate. And, and you're absolutely right. It's more on the parents than it is the restaurant. And the restaurant said, fine, do it. Maybe they'll lose business. You, you got to let the market decide on these things. I mean, there are some businesses that, that voluntarily kept people out of their establishments because you didn't take the vaccine. There were places where there were no mandates in this country. Now, there were places that were mandated against the mandates, but I am fully supportive of business doing whatever they want in those terms. It's their business. They do what they want. They'll go out of business, but okay. Is this anything? Country singer Winona Judd almost passed out on stage at a concert in Dayton, Ohio. A fan posted on video of what exactly went Uh-oh. down here. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I am really dizzy. Can somebody come up here, please? Yeah, I'm really dehydrated and I'm I'm having a hard time. So hang on a second. No. Hang on. I'm just really dizzy, and this has never happened before. So of course it would happen in Ohio. If I faint, just take a lot of pictures, okay? Mama, he's crazy. Hey, good. She sucked it up. Yeah. Some performers will just walk right off the stage, cancel the show, say, sorry, I'm dehydrated, got to go. Isn't that what um, one of those Dixie chicks did here in Indianapolis? Isn't that something like that happened, right? I can't remember. Allison, maybe type that in real quick while we're sitting here talking about this. Dixie chicks, Indianapolis. She, uh, but, one of them had COVID. Was okay. that, that That's what they claimed. Okay. Well, Winona's up there, a couple weeks removed from going to a funeral she wasn't invited to, passing out on stage, and she still finished the song. She's a gamer. Like, that's she the equivalent is. of Patrick Mahomes going back in that I, game with ever, a bad ankle. Have you ever, and look, Winona Judd's older. I understand that. And, and But have you ever almost passed out because of dehydration? I mean, dude, hydrate. You're a performer. Get some Gatorade in you. Get some Pedialyte. Do have, something. Has that ever happened to you before? I don't think so. I've cramped up like at a football game when it was super duper hot. Like at the beginning of like my senior year in football, opening day was like a hundred degrees and cramped up a little bit, but never passed out. She's 58. Yeah. Um, Here's some more female country diva news. Shania Twain posed, quote, tastefully topless. Yeah. For the cover of her single, Waking Up Dreaming, Oh yeah. here's her reason for letting the twains breathe. I'm only going to get <laughs> saggier and older and wrinklier as time goes on, so I might as well jump in right now and face this head on, do a, fo- a naked photo shoot, and that's what I did. And yeah. it just helped me so much. It was such a, yeah. it was like, okay, just dive in. Oh yeah, this is something. Hey, she looks. She's, she's not bad for fifty. She's fifty-eight years old, old too. Her and Winona Judd are the same age. I'm looking at it right now. Uh, that that was from some interview on like the CMT show. It looks uh, like Winona's done a little bit harder living than Shania Twain. Because didn't well, Winona go through some rough patches there for well, a while? Well, I mean, Shania has. I, I'm watching this interview. I saw this interview because I wanted to see the pictures, and they are <laughs> they are tastefully topless. She's not out there like Pamela Anderson on the cover of Playboy or something like that. Um, but uh, well, that's unfortunate. I, she needs to be. Yeah, right. Uh, but 58 years old, and her face was was pretty shiny. 
compared yeah. to uh, uh, there's there's some work there. That's okay. I'm not mad at her. Okay. I, I, I think it's okay for for women to not to have to get work like celebrities and stuff. Yeah, you don't have to do that. Age gracefully. There's nothing wrong with it. You don't want to screw up and look like Madonna, right? Madonna yeah, looks like a plastic a good... foot, and you don't want to look like that. <laughs> now, Allison, do you get into the country music? Do you like country music at all? Is this one of your genres? Um, So, I, I like 90s country music. So, you yeah, like Shania. Yeah, I grew, up, country, I grew yeah. up with Shania and the chicks and all that. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to set a timer for 10 seconds. I want you to name as many Shania oh, Twain why? songs as you possibly can. Nigel, what's the over-under that you think Three. Allison can get? Three. We'll set it at three and a half. Over, under, three oh, and a half. Oh, this is horrible. Okay. On your mark? Yeah. Get set. Go. Uh, man, I feel like a woman, obviously. Um, oh, my gosh. Feel good? Is that one? Um, I don't know. I can't tell. I don't know. Two. Boots of your bed. I, I, I can name more of her The outfits. under hits. The under hits. Oh, man. Any man of mine, that's probably yeah. the number one. Yeah. Um, yeah. She did that ballad that like plays at every wedding from this moment as well. Yes, 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 yes. So hit us up on social media at Hammer and Nigel. I know What's she has good ones. The signature song. Oh, you're still the one. Of Shania Twain. Yeah, you're still the oh, one. Oh, that's, that's, that's the one it. I was thinking of. Oh. Signature song, Shania Twain at Hammer and Nigel, Facebook and Twitter. Okay, so you're Brad Pitt. That don't impress me much. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Did we have mentioned that Shania Twain has posed for uh, tastefully topless photos for the cover of her new single? And How come also... when I take my shirt off, nobody ever says it's tasteful? <laughs> that's very, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that's sexism <laughs> right there, 101. Uh, but we're also talking about how the, the uh, another country singer, Winona Judd, almost passed out on a stage, dehydrated, but she pressed on. She pushed forward, and she finished the show, which most people would like, you know, cut it off, I'm done. And then, I don't know, you had mentioned, like, something didn't, didn't the Dixie Chicks do that last year here up in Noblesville? Allison said, no, it was COVID, but we got corrected. We're going to correct you, Allison. No, as you should, as you should. It was, I just assumed everything's COVID the, these days. Yeah, <laughs> right. So we were saying, well, Winona Judd, yeah, pushed on, even though she almost passed out, didn't didn't get enough liquids in her. Uh, Natalie Maines, mid-concert, stopped and quit because of allergies. She's that woke little mean one from the Dixie Chicks. Uh, you got to be more she? specific. <laughs> the smallest of the three. Like, she's that real progressive flame they or blonde. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but uh, that was why she stopped the concert. Winona Judd, one. Natalie Means zero. Boom. I like it. Um, earlier, South Carolina, former South Carolina governor and U.N. ambassador Nikki Haley officially announced she's running for the presidency. She put out this three-minute video on social media. Here's just a little bit of it. Republicans have lost the popular vote in seven out of the last eight presidential elections. That has to change. Joe Biden's record is abysmal, but that shouldn't come as a surprise. The Washington establishment has failed us over and over and over again. It's time for a new generation of leadership to rediscover fiscal responsibility, secure our border, and strengthen our country, our pride, and our purpose. So Nikki Haley, she is now the second name that's made it official. It's her and it's Donald Trump in the Republican field. 
Yeah, um, and the knives are kind of already out for her, too. I saw Mike Pompeo write something about He's got some book or something that he said, you know, slammed her for leaving the Trump administration after only two years. Uh, And then the, the more interesting aspect is there have been reports that in 2020, she wanted to be Trump's vice president. Uh, Kellyanne Conway reported that. I think uh, I, th- I think she was the one to report that. I'm not sure. So this might be something to where she's kind of tiptoeing her, dipping her toes in the in the waters here, and maybe get picked up by uh, one of the heavier GOP, one of the GOP heavies that's going to be you know Trump, possibly DeSantis if he runs. I mean, she's a big name. Look, everybody knows her. She checks off a lot of boxes. Uh, the identity box, a woman of color. She's an Indian heritage. Um, first female governor of South Carolina. But I don't think, I mean, what, uh, can she compete on a national level against some of these other guys? That we're so is that going to get her 5% of the vote? Because that's where uh, right. all of these people I mean, are. Yeah. I'm not just picking uh, on Nikki Haley, but if Pompeo if gets Pence, in, if yeah. Pence gets in, if Sununu gets in, all of these people have about the same chance of winning as you and I I do. really thought, I, I, I did see a, a headline about uh, Tim Scott. Uh, as well, South Carolina senator. I think you this know? is a two-person race. Like Tim Scott's an interesting name, and again, checks off a lot of boxes. And he's kind of a flamethrower. He'll put some opinions out there, and doesn't care what people think. But is he going to get anything less than thirty? Maybe a little lower than that. I don't know. This is Donald Trump. And if he wants to, this is Ron DeSantis. These are the two. Everybody else is just getting in for political theater at this point. Uh, This is a sad report. This is a bummer. 30% of female high school students have seriously considered suicide in the past year. Mm. This comes from a new report from the Youth Youth Risk Behavior and Data Summary Trend Report. This was published yesterday by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. 30% a female high school students have considered taking their own life in the past year. And Nigel, I just wonder how much of that was COVID, how much of that was the lockdown, you know, not being in school, then having to go back, having to wear masks. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff going on. These last five years have not been normal years for these kids. Certainly not. And I think part of it is social media. Keep your nose out of your phone, please. Parents, please monitor what your kids are looking at. I mean, whether it be cyberbullying or the constant stream of negative information on social media. We try to we don't let our kids on electronics during the week, during school weeks. We just don't. I mean, the the stuff you see on there, and then maybe there's a spirituality side. I mean, uh, get into a Bible-based church if, if you're having problems in that area. And definitely seek, seek help. I would say, like, if you have a teenager and they are depressed, seek some help. I mean, there are plenty of resources out there for sure. For male high school students, 14% say they had seriously considered suicide. Overall, 29% of the people that responded said they felt they had poor mental health in the past month, and 42% said they experienced persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness in the past year. Yeah, and I mean, the other thing is when, when these women look at um, some of these reality shows in Hollywood and these these uh, social media influencers and try to compare, compare themselves to them, 
that's just that's a bad thing too that's a bad way i've always said one of my buddies told me a great line comparison is the robber of joy so if you think you're doing okay and you things are going well and you look at somebody else on social media and and, and they're doing a hundred times better than you are in the same field that's depressing that could get a little depressing if you look at it the wrong way and you bring up social media i think that's really important nudge if you're going to let your kids on social media, and both of mine are, but my kids are older. I mean, one of them is a legal adult at 18. I've also got a high school freshman. But long ago, we had the talk of you're going to see the worst of the worst on social media. You're going to have to expect that. Also, another conversation you should have is telling your kids don't be the one putting horrible things out there don't be you know right. putting yeah. horrible things and rumors and gossip about your classmates out there because that stuff runs like wildfire so the parents have a big role in what's going on if you're going to allow your kids to have phones and social media uh real quick i do want to say thank you to somebody our awesome partners at AAA. they've got this new program called my pit crew to where oh yeah they're coming to my house on thursday oh they came to my yeah. house today and it's like you're an indy 500 driver and this truck comes out and this truck is amazing <laughs> and they change yeah. your tires and you can pick which new tires you want and if you get stranded on the side of the road somewhere in the past AAA, as a member they'd come by and you know if you had a spare they would change it for you if you didn't know how to do it. But if you don't have a spare, now my pit crew can come by. You can buy a tire. They'll put that bad boy on. It's an amazing new feature for AAA. And uh, I am so happy I'm a member yeah, of these guys. I didn't even know there was such a thing as as a company coming to your house to change your tires for you. I thought you had to go sit at a facility and wait for two hours while they did it. You're telling me they came to your house? That's what they're doing to me on, on Thursday. That's right. pretty cool. And they'll put new tires on, and if you're stranded on the side of the road somewhere, you can get the same stuff with AAA, my pit crew, man. It's an awesome, awesome thing that they've got going. So become a member of AAA. I'm telling you, it's going to change your life if you drive a lot. Hey, I got one for you here, Hammer. Can I throw one your way? Can we talk? Can we get that clip ready that I asked you about, Allison? Who do you think, Hammer, was the highest paid entertainer of 2022? And I think it's going to surprise you. I don't think you're going to get it. Well, the first thing that popped in my mind was Tom Cruise because of what Top Gun Maverick did. So I'll go Tom Cruise. Here's a hint. What? <laughs> is this Genesis? This is Genesis. I love this music video when I was a kid because they had all the, 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 puppets. the, the puppets that looked like Politicians that look like Madonna now. Je <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> Genesis, they're not even together anymore. Phil what? Collins is in his 70s. They made 230 million dollars because they sold their catalog. Okay, so there had to be some sort of gimmick along with this of why Genesis was the uh, highest paid I mean, entertainer. Were, I mean, you do, they were a hit machine, though. I'm like, throwing it all away was probably their biggest hit yeah. back in the mid-80s. Land of Confusion was a yeah, good song, though, man. I Can't Dance got up there to number seven. Um, and yeah, a bunch of those. So uh, it was Genesis. So behind them are Sting 
210 what? million. He sold his catalog. All okay, so these are probably all people catalog. that sold stuff. Okay. Tyler Perry, number three. 175 million. He makes a bunch of movies. He owns his own company. Exactly. That's what it is. South Park creators in at number four. Uh, with $160 million. I love South Park, yeah, man. And, I do. And rounding out the top five, the Simpson creators with $105 million. Taylor okay. Swift, by the way, the only chick on the top 10 list with $92 million. You could have given me a thousand guesses, and Genesis wouldn't have been close yeah, no. to my uh, number one answer there. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. Hammer, when is that Aldine concert, Jason Aldine? It's a Saturday okay. night, September 16th, up at the Ruoff that'll Music be, Center. That'll be a big one. Oh, fall night, Saturday night, Aldine putting on a hell of a show, man. And so we're going to give away a couple of tickets right now. Who do we have on the line here? Scott, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Scott, how are you? Oh, not too bad. All right, Scott, here's the way this works. We're going to play a little contest. We're going to play a little game. It's called Jason Aldean or Jason Hammer. (laughs) I'm going to give you a fact about Jason Aldean. I'm sorry, I'm going to give you a fact. The fact is either going to be about uh, country music superstar Jason Aldean or uh, one half of the uh, host of the Hammer and Nigel show. Is that all right? All right. Get three out of five, and we're going to give you the tickets. Three out of five, get you the tickets. All right. All right. Number one. Is friends with Kelly Clarkson, Jason Aldean or Jason Hammer? What'd you say? Jason Aldean. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I am not friends with Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> I like to be, but I'm not. Yep. yep. I hear you. There. All right. Jason Aldean or Jason Hammer? Once pooped in his college roommate's drawer. <laughs> Man, that's a tough one right there. I could go either way, but I'm going to say hammer. Yes, that is correct. I am sorry, Kenneth. Yep. One more and you get the tickets. All right. Was the only high school class president to be sent to the, quote, tardy support group in 1996? Jason Aldean or Jason Hammer? That's uh, Jason Hammer. Yes, sir. That's how we do it, baby. Yeah. You just never know with these guys. I mean, Jason Aldean probably could have potentially pooped in his college roommate's drawer when he right. was, in, you know. Could have went either way. Could have went either way. Is that a true story? Is that that is a true story. I was drinking Aftershock that night. <laughs> Aftershock. <laughs> oh. Well, Scott, congratulations. Who are you taking with you to the show? Oh, probably my girlfriend. All right. Well, look, you did all the legwork here, so make her drive, okay? Oh, exactly, exactly. You, you make her be. I appreciate it, guys. All right, Scott. Thanks a lot, buddy. Now, if you right. did not get through, we have another chance for you to win tomorrow and the rest of the week. Cool. Jason Aldean tickets for the big show September 16th. It's a Saturday night at Ruoff, courtesy of our friends at Live Nation and Ticketmaster. Uh, real quick here, uh, more than one in four people 
expect their Valentine to spend zero dollars on them today. <laughs> so here at the Hammer and Nigel wow. show, uh, we know a place where they can possibly go. This Valentine's Day, get your special someone a gift from the Zero Dollar Store. <laughs> At the Zero Dollar Store, you'll find everything you need. Look on the completely vacant shelves for zero chocolates, zero bouquets of flowers, and zero diamond pendants or earrings. You don't have to show your love with a materialistic made-up holiday that guilts you into buying cards and presents. Nothing says I love you like nothing. The Zero Dollar Store, right next door to the You're Getting Zero Nookie Tonight Boutique. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. We have got a jam-packed hour for you. Yeah. Kevin Bowen from 107.5 The Fan will join us here in just a little bit to talk about what type of coach the new coach is for the Indianapolis Colts. I'm kind of excited for this guy. I am too. Uh, Tony Katz will connect with TK coming up. We've got to talk about this derailment and disaster in Ohio that somehow is flying under the radar. So that's coming up here in just a little bit. But, Nige, we were talking about the crime numbers over the weekend yesterday. Yeah. I got some numbers for where we're at as a year so far for indianapolis he's we're in the middle of february so in just 45 days okay to february 14th in indianapolis 117 people shot 31 stabbed 30 killed so if you're doing the math here that's 148 people shot or stabbed and somebody is killed every 36 hours in the city it so seems far. like a big number to me to start off the year here in what we're told is a very safe city to maneuver in i'm old enough to people. remember when the mayor of this city went on tv stations and said well you know it might be bad but it's not as bad as the last couple of years we were very um encouraged by the investments that we've been making Uh, given the fact that our overall criminal homicide number in 2022 was below not only that of 2021, but also 2020. So that's what you're going to tell a family member who just had somebody murdered? I know your loved one was gunned down in the streets, but, you know, not as many people are dying this year than the last two years. Look, I'm not going to say I don't like I like the funds. I like the investments. I like giving police more money. I like uh, putting more things out there to catch criminals like the gun detection system and license plate readers and things like that. You can't keep throwing money at the system if you're just going to have a revolving door of the criminal justice system and letting these guys, these violent criminals back out on the street. They're smart. They know they'll be back out on the street within days. If, if not hours, when they commit a violent crime. And now they know if they shoot at a police officer, oh, yeah. um, they've got some leverage here because we saw what happened with that settlement going to the family of Sean Reed. So if you're a criminal and you're down and out and you've decided you're going to shoot a cop, you're either going to kill the cop and get away or the cop will kill you. You'll go out in a blaze of glory and your family will get paid. And that's a horrible precedent to set here in the city. Crime pays, apparently. And Joe Hogg said to say, well, it's not been as bad as the last two years. Who was the mayor then, too? The three yeah. highest Wait a minute. <laughs> amounts of homicides the city of Indianapolis has ever seen in the long history of this city 
have all happened under the Joe Hogsett watch. Now, he's not alone here. The prosecutor, Ryan Mears, who just won re-election with 60%, um, he was asked during his re-election campaign if Marion County is having a public safety crisis. You know, and there's going to be a lot of discussion today about the prosecutor's office and the role of the prosecutor's office in our community. But one of the things that we can never lose sight of is what are the root causes of these issues? What causes someone to be involved in violent crime? What causes someone to be a victim in violent crime? What are those root causes? Is it poverty? Is it a addiction? Uh, is it mental health issues? And so, I mean, those are the challenges that need to be addressed and be to be examined. Don't be a therapist. Be a prosecutor. Put him in jail. Along with that, yes, of course, figure out some ways in terms of root causes. Uh, but don't just make that your focus. Put these guys in jail and at the same time, figure out a solution. The guy with 20-plus felonies, I think we're past the time of figuring out the root (laughs) cause for him. And again, never forget, these were the words from your prosecutor in Marion County. First of all, downtown is safe. Uh, Downtown is safe. Downtown is safe. We've had 148 people shot or stabbed in Indianapolis this year. Now, not all of those are downtown, but a lot of them are. Maury Povich, your thoughts. The lie detector determined that was a lie. (laughs) At night, downtown, at times is not safe. So we don't want it to be all doom and gloom, but we feel like we have to give those numbers and that information to you. But it is Valentine's Day. Nige, do we have any mood music here? Oh, boy. This really puts me in the mood. Boy, somebody hose this guy down over here. <laughs> a lot of people are going to be popping the question tonight. Hopefully you got that ring from a Diamonds Direct. It's a big day for people proposing. And yes. Cracker Barrel, yep. the restaurant, is offering free food for a year to couples who get engaged at their restaurants today. No kidding. That's a great deal from Cracker Barrel. So what we've decided to do is put together the fine singers of Hammer and Nigel Records with a little tribute for what Cracker Barrel is doing. And when we wrote this song, we were listening to a lot of Aerosmith. Hammer and Nigel Records, love at a Cracker yeah, Barrel. Bravo. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Hammer and Nigel Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the drivehubler.com hotline. Kevin Bowen does the morning show on our sister station, 107.5 The Fan, Kevin and Query. KB, we have a new Colts head coach. His name is Shane Steichen. Tell us about Shane. 
Yeah, 37 years old, so the youngest coach in Indianapolis Colts history. He's actually the third youngest in the NFL right now. Uh, most recently, just called plays for the Eagles in the Super Bowl. He's been in Philadelphia for each of the last two years. There he's worked with Nick Sirianni, who is the head coach, who used to be Frank Reich's offensive coordinator. So there is kind of some Frank Reich-Nick Sirianni history, which is an interesting subplot, but very bright offensive mind. His quarterback resume is extremely impressive. He's worked with a variety of quarterbacks, which I think is really important to point out. You know, Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia these last two years, Justin Herbert with the Chargers before that, and then Phillip Rivers. He was Phillip Rivers' position coach for several seasons before becoming the offensive coordinator out there, which, again, I, I think is really important for a team that's so desperate a quarterback right now. You don't pigeon your, pigeonhole yourself into, like, one specific kind of quarterback. A lot of variety, a lot of different offensive background, and this is the trend of the NFL. Offensive coaches are winning, and so for all of that, the needed quarterback, I think, is higher, checks a lot of boxes. What type of offense are you expecting? Because it feels like we're going to have a new rookie quarterback. At least that's what all the indications lead us to. Uh, but what type of offense can we expect here in Indianapolis? Yeah, it's a great question, Hammer. I, I really don't know, to be honest, because, you know, like I was saying, the, the quarterback background is so diverse. If you look at what he ran at the Chargers – and for, you know, NFL people out there, Norv Turner was kind of the early head coach that had an influence on Shane Sykin. And you look at what he ran on Sunday night with the Eagles, it's two totally different offenses, which I like. I think that shows you that you can adapt, that you can cater to the personnel that you have. You know, I think the trend in today's NFL is certainly you need some mobile threat at quarterback. Do you need a Jalen Hurts? No, but, I mean, Patrick Mahomes clearly had a huge scramble in that game on Sunday night. And just the ability to get out of the pocket and make some plays with your legs is critical. So I do think we'll see some of that. I think the staple that you saw from Philadelphia is they are uber aggressive and very on point in like the situations that arise in a game. So I think those will be critical elements that Steichen needs to utilize and will. Philadelphia was a really good run team. They did it in a, di- a different way. Obviously, having a running quarterback helps. They had a great offensive line. Um, so I do think that's an element that obviously the Colts would love to get back to. What kind of coach is Steichen? Like, is he an in-your-face kind of red ass, or is he more of a player's coach? What kind of style does he have? Yeah, maybe like a light red ass, if that's such a term. <laughs> um, He's a diet red ass. <laughs> sure, yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. You know, I referenced earlier Frank Reich and Nick Sirianni yeah. history. I would put those two at two ends of the spectrum. Frank Reich is a former preacher, and Nick Sirianni cusses out Colts fans. Yeah. So, like, you know, again, That's right. Very two different ends of the emotional state. But you know what? Frank Reich wanted Nick Sirianni as his offensive coordinator to kind of balance him out from an emotional standpoint. I do think Sirianni, or excuse me, I do think Steichen is a little bit more Sirianni than he is Reich. Now, I don't know if he's going to be crying during the national anthem in week one, like we saw Sirianni do yeah. during the Super Bowl. But I do think you're going to get a little bit more of the fire and a little bit more of the public accountability than Frank Wright gave you. I'm kind of excited for that. Honestly, Kevin, as a Colts fan, um, I'm ready for somebody that can be a little bit of a ball buster. Somebody that can tell DeForest Buckner, hey, at the end of the year, you got really lazy. Somebody that can tell Quentin Nelson, you're making a lot of money. You're not living up to it right now. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Obviously, there's different styles that have won, and there's been quieter, calmer coaches that have had great success. But I think if you talk to the overwhelming majority of players in the NFL locker room, 
they would rather cater to that, or they cater better to that coaching of a little bit more of a public accountability. This is the NFL. This is not, you know, Beach Grove Little League or Hamlin Southeastern, whatever. I mean, this is a big, big time stage. And I think that is an element that Jeff Saturday brought a little bit more of. Now, again, the results speak for themselves. But I do think the Colts were looking for some of that. I don't think that's the dominant trait from Steichen. I think it is a very bright offensive mind. I will throw this out there because Philip Rivers played for the Colts. Uh, Steichen and Philip Rivers are very close. And knowing Philip Rivers, that dude is not hanging out with just milk toast NFL mind. I mean, he is a bright, bright football player when he played. And I think what you're getting to Shane Steichen is an extremely smart football mind. So he is the new Colts head coach, the offensive coordinator for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Coach Steichen. What does that mean for the future of Jeff Saturday in terms of his relationship with Jim Ursay in the Indianapolis Colts and moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question. I, you know, if I were Saturday, I would happily go back to ESPN because I think he'll be very yeah. coveted to go back there considering the experience he just got here in Indy for a couple months. Um, Jeff Saturday, in my opinion, if he wants to get back into coaching, he's got to work his way up the ladder. And I know his ego might not want to do that, but you've got to experience what life is like as a coordinator, what life is like as a position coach, those things. People just don't walk out of a TV studio and become an NFL head coach unless Jim Mercer wants to do something crazy. So I I think Jeff's got to be open to that. Um, You know, Jim Mercer obviously loves him. I, I, I don't really see like a front office role. Maybe I'm wrong, but, I don't know if Chris Bowden and Shane Steichen have any input. I think they'd be a little hesitant thinking, oh, that's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. I don't want looking over my my shoulder here. But obviously Saturday wants to do it. He wanted the job. He was very aggressive in trying to publicly vouch for himself and getting the job. Uh, but I think it'd be best for him financially and lifestyle, probably to go back to ESPN. But if he really wants to become a coach, I don't know. Go join Frank Reich's offensive line so much. That doesn't really make sense. Well, how does it, how does it work Reich. How does it work when a new head coach comes in? Like, is he going to clean the house and get his own people, or is he going to have to put up with whoever Greg Ballard puts him with, or maybe it's a little bit of both? Yeah, I, I would say a little bit of both, but I think for the most part, Chris Ballard will let uh, Shane Steichen pick his coaching staff. I do think you could see the defensive coordinator, Gus Bradley, kept. Uh, Gus Bradley and Shane Steichen worked together with the Chargers in four seasons there. The 2020 year, they both were coordinators. Shane Steichen, the offensive coordinator. Um, Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator. Uh, Shane speaks very highly of Gus. You know, think back to last year when the Eagles played the Colts. The Colts held the Eagles to the fewest points all year long when Jalen Hurts was starting, 17 points in that game. So, obviously, there's a lot of respect there. And it would just provide continuity on the side of the ball where Shane Steichen doesn't have a lot of experience. So, I could see Gus Bradley – and several of those defensive staffers maintained. Kevin Bowen is our guest from 107.5 The Fan. We're talking Colts, new head coach named today, Shane Steichen. KB, now we turn our attention to the NFL draft. The Colts sitting at pick number four right now. What's realistic? Because we see all of these mock trades and mock drafts going on where the Colts are giving up two to three first-round picks and everything else. Are the Colts willing to basically sell off the next couple of years to trade up maybe to number one? Yeah, I think they would be willing, but in terms of a significant price, I I don't think it'll be like you're mortgaging a huge part of your future. You know, to go from four to one, I think it would in all likelihood cost you your fourth overall pick, of course, 
the second round pick this year and probably next year's first, which obviously is a, you know a, a big trade package. But again, I don't think it's selling the the, the farm. The, you know the the big thing with that sort of move is this. Obviously, Shane Steichen has a great and diverse quarterback background. You love that. That should mean he could be appealing to several different quarterback candidates. But if there's one that stands above the rest, you got to get up to one. And we, I mean, no one is crying. No, no, no Chiefs fan is crying what Kansas City traded up 27 spots to get Patrick Mahomes in 2017, uh, especially with Houston at number two. I think that's a big part you got to point out in this. A team in your division is sitting there two spots ahead of you. If you feel like there's a guy that's clearly above the rest, you cannot risk, you know, that team all of a sudden drafting that guy. So I think that'll be a big, big part of it. But, man, it is crazy to think the Combine's in two weeks and the draft's in two months. And if you have a team like the Raiders, for an example, if they make a deal with the Bears, and the Raiders have known to do stupid stuff, if they give away <laughs> way too much to the Bears and they jump up to one, now the Colts are in a position to where, okay, at this point we're taking the third best quarterback on the board at the very least. Yeah, it's a great point. Again, you know, if Houston goes to one, what if some team trades up then with Chicago at two or Arizona's at three? I mean, they don't appear to be super quarterback needy. Honestly, I think a team to keep an eye out on, I know they're five spots behind the Colts. What about Frank Reich and Carolina sitting there at number nine? I mean, they have a very aggressive owner who's relatively new. I think just a couple of years, honestly, ownership. You know they're going to try and make a splash, and you would think there'd be some intel that Frank Reich might have on Chris Ballard or vice versa on who they might like. So I think that's kind of a sneaky team to keep an eye on. So here's what I did, KB, real quick. I lost my Tukas on the Super Bowl. A uh, lot of money, a <laughs> lot of money on the Eagles, a <laughs> lot of money. And I had $15 left in my account. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to make it back. I'm going to put it all on IU to win the men's basketball NCAA <laughs> tournament. Wow. Everybody, Everybody's laughing at me. Uh, what do you think my shot is there? Well, uh, if you don't mind me, 15 to win what? Three three fifty, I think. Okay, very nice, very nice, healthy play, uh, yeah. healthy payday, if possible. There, um, I don't think it's the craziest thing in the world. You know, see, all right, see, the sports expert said, <laughs> the sports expert said, not the craziest thing in the world. Now, now, you do have a bit of a crazy guy potentially coming back in the lineup in Xavier Johnson, and I'll be very curious to see how IU reacts to that they clearly need a little bit more i mean they played seven guys on saturday night and barely got away with it so they could use somebody but boy xavier johnson i i refer to him as kind of old lance stevenson remember we had good lance stevenson and bad lance stevenson that's kind of what you get with xavier johnson so uh you need to pray for good xavier johnson in march if they're going to get on any sort of run what's coming up on your show tomorrow kevin well certainly a lot of shane Steichen talk we will kind of weigh out the pros and the cons on that we're hoping to have him on at, at some point this week if not maybe around the combine as well but a lot of reaction to the Shane second press conference from earlier today 1075 the fan the morning show kevin and query that is kevin bowen kb thank you thanks guys it's a hammer and nigel show life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits no skips Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hey, Tony! Hey, Tony! Hey, Tony! 
Property Boy, Tony. It's Tuesday with Tony Cass on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, don't want to keep Tony waiting. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here hooking up live with Tony Katz. Tuesdays with Tony. Um, train derailment in Ohio happened at the beginning of this month. Toxic chemicals released into the air. Uh, and I just don't know why this hasn't been a bigger story. Where is Pete Buttigieg? You have people getting sick. There's a federal lawsuit. Animals dying over in New Palestine, Ohio. Tony, what's your take? Yeah, it's East Palestine, Ohio. East. We get confused with our own in, in, in Indiana and this is southeast of Youngstown because I had it wrong on the map because there's actually a Palestine, Ohio in western Ohio right on the Indiana border and I was like, wait, is it yeah. that close? But it's it's not that close. I was in Texas and, and before that I had been in Florida and so with everything and trying to catch up, I had missed the story too. Now, if it's one thing to miss a story. It's another thing when everybody misses a story. That means there's not enough reporting to the story. Why? Why is there not enough reporting to this story? This is an environmental issue where you've got these multiplicity of chemicals that have been released, and now you're doing controlled burns on other chemicals which are being released, and we're being told by the EPA, oh, the air quality's fine. Okay, move along. Nothing to see here. Everybody's Officer Bar Brady from South Park. This is, of <laughs> course, a story. This is unreal and dangerous. And why it's not getting reported on, I mean, I talked about it today really for the first time, and I apologize for that. I should have been on this days ago, truthfully, days ago. But I am right there in it right now. I'm trying to get an understanding of what's going on. I'm trying to get some people with a level of, of, of expertise, but mostly... Looking at it from from a uh, not a journalist side, I'm not a journalist, but a, you know, entertainer side or or radio host side. Why is CNN not having somebody there 24 seven? How come we don't have tents and people wearing masks there? Why why is this just so casual? And the answer is that's scary as hell. This kind of goes into a current trend that I'm seeing, Tony, of major issues with very little answers. Whether you want to talk about what's being shot out of the sky or what is in the Ohio River. We heard J.D. Vance last night uh, do an interview with Tucker Carlson. They're finding traces of these toxic chemicals in the Ohio River near Cincinnati. Now, that's hundreds of miles away from East Palestine here. And you know as well as I do, there's no shortage of climate change gurus and experts in this country. Nobody wants to give us answers. Nobody wants to talk about what's going on. It's bizarre. Very, very strange. Very disquieting. Uh, and I, it's going to be up to us to keep interviewing these people, talking to these people, watching what's going on, and sharing sharing the stories. It's there. There is a conversation about the railroad group itself and investors from groups like BlackRock and whether or not there are connections there. I cannot answer if there is or isn't. I'm not uh, putting any assumption on anyone there. Um, but whether or not there is a corporate play here that somehow they don't want certain things shared, they don't want to embarrass certain groups of people. Uh, I don't care about those things. I care about uh, facts, logic, reason, and data. And I don't know why it's so hard for us to get some. What do you think of the job so far of 
transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg. I mean, he didn't even mention it yesterday. He was on some panel or some interview uh, preaching about how there's there's not enough diversity in construction, how there's too many white people <laughs> in that industry. He didn't even mention this at all. No, I think I think it's very, very important what it is that Pete Buttigieg is doing and, and, and reminding us that focus is everything. Uh, thank goodness. Thank goodness he's here to save us uh, from white construction workers. <laughs> I personally feel safer. Um, there's a great que- it's a great question about where he is and why he isn't on top of these things. What I find fascinating is that I do not recall this level of transportation issues. when uh, Trump was president. So maybe this is just a a rarity of a lot of transportation issues. But in a multiplicity of issues, different arenas, Pete Buttigieg is nowhere to be found. Incapable, incompetent, weak, soft, well in over his head. If anybody thinks Pete Buttigieg is a brain, they're out of their minds. And when was the last time Pete actually took a good long look at a construction site? I find it hard to believe that (laughs) Mayor Pete, Transportation Pete's hanging out at a construction site because, Tony, every time that I have gone by a construction site and I've got friends that do construction, it's a pretty diverse group. There's a lot of Hispanics involved in this. So this is Pete Buttigieg just talking out of his backside, pandering his ass off to people. Honestly, I'm kind of disgusted with you. And, and what you just said, thinking that Pete <laughs> Buttigieg knows nothing about construction. I know uh, from a very, 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 very close source that he is extremely good at Minecraft. Okay. I I walk it back then, Tony. I walk that so back. So is my 11-year-old son, right? He has been in the nether and everything. So don't. Don't say that he doesn't know. I was so happy with that direction because there was also a village people joke, and I thought that was low-hanging fruit. But you went the other direction. And for that, I hat tip you, Tony. Oh, man. Thank you. Tuesdays Thank you with Tony Katz here on the Hammer and Nigel Show. Uh, okay, let's bring it back around to the uh, Biden administration and these uh, foreign objects shot down unprecedented. Uh, never before in the history of the United States has the U.S. military shot down foreign objects in U.S. airspace. And it doesn't seem like, I, where's Joe Biden on this? Three or four times now the military has downed, whether the, they be Chinese balloons or objects that they don't know and not word one from the Biden administration. Does that concern you at all? And that that really goes against his whole mantra of being a transparent presidential administration Ah. when he was campaigning. So I, I think it was John Kirby from the Pentagon who, who stated that these other objects uh, they don't believe were connected to the Chinese. Uh, so there has been some level of, of statement. But where is Joe Biden on, on this? Exactly where they keep Joe Biden, which is uh, they'll trot him out when it, they feel it's necessary. They certainly don't feel any of it's necessary. They aren't worried about what we know. Now, I would also state that I'm not 100% worried about what we know. Meaning it's okay if they're trying to gather information and we don't know about the information they're trying to gather. It's okay if it takes some time. It's okay if we don't know everything. But you made this public. You made these shooting downs public. We would not have known about them if you didn't tell us 
about them. So now you got to give us some information, and they're not. And how do you reconcile squaring the circle about shooting down these three objects but not shooting down the balloon? Yes. It's because of their, their height, and there was an, an effect on, on air travel. And look, it's, it's possible, but now we're the country helping the Canadians shoot things down. We have the story that one of the missiles missed. You missed? Look, a miss can happen. But exactly how small is this thing that we're missing and we're shooting it with missiles if it's that small? Do we not have something else that we could throw out of the plane at them? A slingshot, perhaps? It's a weird conversation. And what does more damage, the balloon falling to the ground or the missed missile? There's there's a lot here that we would have natural questions on that they do now have to answer for us. While I would... respect the idea they may not answer all of them they do need to answer some but of course it won't be biden because the responsibility is somebody else's tuesdays with tony tony katz with us tony one more thing here before we let you go nikki haley made it official today she is going to be running for the presidency she is the second republican officially in the field along with donald trump so my question to you who has a better chance at winning the Republican nomination, Nikki Haley or Deborah Winger? <laughs> um, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> a Deborah Winger poll. Ah. My gosh. Let's let's take a look at her IMDB. See what's going on there. Um so here is here is how I will answer uh, the question. It should be clear that Nikki Haley is not running for president. Nikki Haley is running for vice president. And that's the way ah. it should be addressed. Um, we live in a strange world where anything is possible. So do I think it's odd or strange that she's running? Not, not necessarily. Uh, I live in a world where a guy named Joe Biden, who campaigned from a basement, got a nomination because Jim Clyburn said, yeah, he might be a segregationist, but he's our segregationist. <laughs> And then he won the presidency by literally not campaigning. And the Fetterman team said, hold our beer. So it's possible. So she's not crazy for running at all. She's not crazy for 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 doing it um uh, that 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 said uh she's not going to win a primary at least how things are playing out right now what's coming up uh six to nine and then noon to three with you well, with your we're, gonna tomorrow. S- we're gonna see where these inflation numbers uh, are kind of moving people where they're where they're putting uh a great number of people and in, in how this economy is going to play out and then we're going to see what kind of updates we get on this train i'm telling you this is a story he is on social media at Tony Katz. Facebook is Tony Katz Radio. TK, thank you. Thanks, TK. Always. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Don't act like you forgot. I call a shot, shot, shot. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. More of the show after 6 o'clock. Another uh, GOP presidential contender is throwing their name into the hat. For uh, for president, we'll tell you more about that coming up after six o'clock. I'm Nigel. That's Hammer. The, these numbers are staggering. Thanks to her performance at the Super Bowl, Rihanna saw a staggering 
640% increase in her Spotify streaming. This is according to Variety. And this is why these halftime artists don't get paid. A lot of people don't know this, but the halftime artists of the Super Bowl don't get paid, but they make it up in streaming. People go out and they buy all the downloads of their music, they check out their videos online, and they get paid every time that happens. I mean, what was it? Over 100 million people watched. I mean, it's just a huge, just a, a huge number watched the Super Bowl. More people watched Rihanna's halftime performance than the overall game as a whole, according to the numbers that really? came out from Forbes. Now, Rihanna's halftime show was, what, 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. The game was three hours, but still, she brought an audience in. Uh, the song you hear right now, Which Better Have My Money, or something a, that rhymes with which. This is the uh, censored version, I believe, <laughs> here. Hang on. Uh, it saw an increase of 2,600%. Jeez. And her closer, Diamonds, Diamonds in the Sky, saw an increase of 1,400%. So she's getting paid. Even though she didn't get a paycheck for halftime, Rihanna's getting paid. Did you, again, did you like, were you fine with the halftime show? It was okay. Yeah. It wasn't the best. It wasn't the worst. It wasn't but for us. I mean, I would have been happy with Fog Hat and an ACDC cover band. <laughs> I like Rihanna, though. I, I knew all the songs, I knew all the hits. I just, I thought she'd be more active because I didn't think she'd be, you know, carrying a shorty. I, I thought, it, I just thought that one thing was funny when they shot her from behind and she's grabbing her butt cheek and lifting it up and then kind of waving a fart off like there. You know what I mean? That that was, right. was a lot of thrusting and gyrating uh, in that uh, performance. That was the first time we met Tony Katz. That's what he did too. <laughs> uh, it's Valentine's Day, Nige. Can I get yeah. some mood music, please? Oh, please, yeah. Good Lord. Little Brian McKnight here, yeah. setting the mood. And other than this soulful ballad from the doleful tones of Brian McKnight, yeah. when I think of Valentine's Day, I think of Joe Biden. I mean this involve my heart. Marriage is a simple proposition. Who do you love? Come on, take a little walk with the baby and tell me who do you love? Who do you love? <laughs> little remix with George Thorogood. I like that mix better. And again, since a lot of people are celebrating, and some folks are not celebrating, the Hammer House, we don't celebrate this ridiculous holiday. We're taking my daughter out. Well, that's cool. Yeah, we're going to take my daughter out for a nice dinner. What we've done here at the Hammer and Nigel Show is replace the word love yeah. in a lot of your favorite songs with some of the grossest words we could find. And now, let's replace the word love with the grossest words in the English dictionary using popular songs. Splooge. Seepage. That's the power of phlegm. <laughs> oh no. Big finish. Puss. <laughs> Top stories next.